Next on MLR Weekly, new old glory DC head coach Josh Sims, plus Major League Rugby headlines with Rugby Mornings' John Fitzpatrick. Rugby wrap-up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hello again and welcome to MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City. Happy New Year, everybody. We have a festive show for you today. Not really. It's a regular show, but it's a good one to kick off 2023. We have the head coach of Old Glory DC. Finally, after all the searches and the looking under the rocks, they found him and we have him waiting in the wings. But first, we have to welcome in John Fitzpatrick with his Rugby Mornings Coffee Break. John, how are you? Matt, I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you. I hope your New Year's hangover has finally subsided and you're now ready to face 2023 with a fresh start. If only I could find a hat that fit me. But anyway, John, take us away. Let's go. Let's start in Chicago. They have signed two Fords that they acquired in the MLR dispersal draft, former LA Giltini's prop Charlie Abel and former lock Sam Perry, just adding more players from the dispersal draft. Season's right around the corner, Matt. Great pickup with Abel. Very, very solid front row player. Next! New England Free Jacks. They have added to their coaching staff. They've announced Will Webster will be an assistant coach. Webster is coached all over the place, primarily with the Kenya 15s and 7s program, Hong Kong men's and women's 15s and 7s, quite a lengthy resume that they're adding in New England. And I love what his uncle Miriam has done with the dictionary. Next! <laughs> that was pretty good. How about Old Glory DC? And I don't say that often with your jokes, Matt, but how about Old Glory DC? They've signed another Argentine, this time an outside back. Marcos Young. He's added a few days before the start of the preseason, which is really only about six days away. Next! Rugby New York. They have announced two re-signings, starting off with Young Scrum Half, who's USA eligible, Connor McManus. He returns. Is he going to replace Andy Ellis? We'll find out. Is there replacing Andy Ellis? No, but New York has two solid Scrum Halves in camp that were under the tutelage of Andy Ellis, who will be in camp as an assistant coach. Next! Caleb Geiger, he has re-signed. Former American Raptor, he is a hooker. Bright young player, big guy. I would not want to tackle him in the open field. Not that I would. Next! How about, hey, happy trails to Rob Kane, former women's Eagles head coach. He announced today on social media that he has stepped down from the program. So now USA Rugby is looking to hire two new head coaches both on the men's side and on the women's side matt you got any tips on who it might be i don't know who the women's coach is going to be i don't know who the men's coach is going to be but i do feel that both needed to be changed next matt that is all i've got i'm excited for mlr which is just around the corner all right john fitzpatrick of rugby mornings coffee break thank you we'll be right back with coach josh sims of old glory dc after this selling or trading in your vehicle she makes it easy with easy trades start online or visit us in store we want your vehicle and we'll give you up to 125 percent of kbb value it's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. if you're in new york city and want to watch some great rugby have some great food and some great times go to the world's best rugby pub the pig and whistle on west 36th street
and we are back, and we're back with head coach of Old Glory DC, Josh or Joshua Sims. Coach, welcome to the program. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And so we can introduce you somewhat to the folks at home that may not know that have been in a cave or in a coma. Uh, <laughs> you're from New Zealand. Uh, you've got a New Zealand rugby pedigree, uh, and you you grew up with your dad playing rugby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, my father had retired when I when I finished uh, when I was born. He he'd retired from Auckland, um, okay. but I obviously grew up with him coaching. Um, so a lot of a lot of coaching in in the Auckland area. A lot of coaching with some some relatively good guys, some Graham Henry and Sir Graham, and a few people like that. And and so. Yeah, as a six, seven, eight-year-old, I grew up with, with these guys coaching rugby and thought that was a pretty cool vocation. Um, and the way they got to coaching, obviously, was through teaching. Um, so I was, I was lucky to, I guess, at a young age to be exposed to some of those guys and, and really enjoy the way in which they spoke to young men and about rugby. And, and I thought, you know, that might be something I might want to do when I get a bit older. So filling in some gaps, you basically hung up the cleats at about 25 and you were teaching. And you were given uh, your first coaching job by Joe Schmidt. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, pretty much. Joe was Joe's my was was a, my teacher at school. He taught me English. He's a he's an English professor, believe it or not. Hence why he's such a magnificent wordsmith. Um, Is his English and, better than his coaching? Uh, look, he's written one book. I think he wants to write a couple. Um, but look, he he employed me he was a deputy headmaster he employed me as a, as a teacher um and look if you read his if you read his book ordinary joe you'll see that my father employed joe as a teacher back when he was a 22 wow. so it, it was you know a little bit i guess there's a bit of symmetry about that and he he asked me to to come and teach and but he said part of teaching is you have to coach um and which is why i got into the profession so I, I, I was still playing a little bit at that stage, but I I, um, I, I broke my C5, C6 and thought, didn't, wasn't really keen on carrying on playing at that stage and coaching was, was going to be an easier way for, for me to go about being involved with rugby still. You coached cricket? Yep. Yeah. Was yeah. that what he assigned you to coach? Yeah, interestingly, cricket's a, a sport that, that takes a lot of the day. Um, you know, it's a, it's a seven-hour game. It's longer than baseball. So um, part of that was I could still play and and uh and coach at the same time because we were playing against men's teams so you know it was an easy one for a 22 23 year old man with with no kids and and no wife and no family to have to worry about that you could take the the seven eight hours on a saturday and a sunday to go and and coach and play cricket so yeah that was that was the first team that i took the first i guess you know seniorish team that i was coaching was a cricket side all right, so Americans, I got to tell you right now, we know nothing about cricket other than that it's the torturously, torturously long version of American baseball yeah. or Major League Baseball or baseball. I don't know why I said American baseball, but uh, and it's got the white clothes and the and the sunblock on the nose, and you hit with a paddle. So when you're doing your press conferences, I would I would avoid any cricket lingo whatsoever. Right. But how did that translate coaching cricket into coaching rugby? coaching's people management right and and what we do under pressure and and how we react under pressure regardless of sport regardless of environment is 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 what coaching is and for me whether you're playing cricket whether you're playing basketball american football whatever it is you are reacting to pressure situations and a lot of that comes from your upbringing a lot of that comes from 
your, your nature, your nurture, the things that you've been through. And so understanding that regardless of sport is, is coaching. Um, the technical part, the parts of it, I believe you learn. Um, the technical, the tactical, whether it's, you know, I just spent half an hour yesterday with some baseball coaches, which I really enjoyed. Um, that's, that's the extra part. The big part for me is how you relate to people. Um, and so that for me, cricket, rugby, doesn't matter what sport it was. Um, what I want to do is relate to people and get them to do things that, you know, get them to be better versions of themselves. What interests me uh, is that you rattled off just a couple of names, but you were, you've been around all blacks and all blacks coaches or high level coaches for a long time. Yeah. I've been lucky in that sense. I mean, New Zealand is a very small town. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we always say with the, the moment with, you know, the 5 million people and, you know, we're, we're a small, uh, still in the DC area. We don't even equate to the DC DMV area. Right. So, and if you're involved with rugby, you're an even, even smaller pool and, and, you know, six degrees of separation is probably only three. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, look, I've been lucky. Again, most of New Zealand's great coaches are educators, have come through the educational system or are, have been involved in that space. So, yeah, luck, might be luck, might just be the way in which we're New Zealand's such a small place. You did work your way up the ladder to the point where you got a, a, a good job, specifically, as you say, with everybody in New Zealand knowing about rugby and everybody that works in rugby all going for a certain amount of jobs. You became the head coach of Hawks Bay, the Magpies, right? Yeah, yeah, and, I, and again, it's. Did you fall and hit your head, and then suddenly decided that you wanted to come over to Washington D.C. for? No, no. Look, I, by chance, really, uh, last year when uh, I had some players affiliated with with Hawks Bay and and D.C. Uh, and when they were reaching out to talk about elements of their game, I started talking with them and, and spoke with James and uh, James Willicks here and sort of was happy in our off season to have conversations around where they could have, you know, what I think that could help their game. Um, always been an American sports bar, right. And really enjoyed, I guess that there's a, not a fundamental difference, but there's a difference in approach. New Zealand has this tall poppy syndrome by where, you, you know, if you try and be elite and you try and tell everyone you're elite, you get chopped down. Um, and the American sports system for me promotes elitism and, and celebrates elitism um and so yeah for me i've always enjoyed that element of of being elite and making sure people know you're elite so um yeah like i've always wanted to come and and then you know two and three and four and five things together and you get your wife and your four kids in the yeah, same place they're the gonna right say, time. i'm gonna say you talked earlier about being a single guy coaching cricket but I would say this is the equivalent in terms of having to move the whole clan over here. You're not a single guy. You have four kids and a yeah. wife, right? Yeah. So you yeah. have to get them all on board. Look, and part of that is uh, you, we're going from, we live in a, a rural town in Hawke's Bay with might have 700 people, um, you know, and we have sheep and cows and whatever. And so coming to DMV and being in, in, in uh, Virginia and in, in Arlington is deliberately do the opposite. So, you know, part of that's life experience for my kids and, and my wife. Um, and, you know, and the other part of it is that, it, you know, I genuinely see a, a challenge that, that this team and, you know, the organisation have it as a, there's a challenging 
part to it. They, they obviously struggled last year and had all sorts of challenges and, and all sorts of things that they, you know, they had to meet. And for me now, I look at that challenge and go, yeah, that's something I want to do. Um, you know, uh, it's easy to be a, a coach and be comfortable and coach the, the same team to the same successes and, and the same environment forever. The challenge is going to somewhere new with new dynamics and new people and, and then being able to fit into that space and, and make change. Um, well, it, 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 it seems like a great fit to me. You've got two owners that are actually guys that played rugby themselves. They're American guys, Chris Dunlavey and Paul Sheehy, and they are all about getting this thing right. And, and it was an exhaustive search to finally find you. <laughs> yeah, look, hey, Waipawa and Hawke's Bay is a long way to go to find me and, and the rocks that, I, you know, we hide under in New Zealand and, and the challenges. Look, look again, it was, I, don't, I don't imagine Paul and, and Chris and the organisation uh, came to it lightly. And I, and I think ultimately that, you know, the stars aligned and things worked out and, and my organisation, Hawke's Bay, was happy to, you know, I've, I've given them six, six going into my seventh year. Uh, they were happy to, for me to find some professional experience in, in other places. Um, and the seasons now, you know, much to New Zealand rugby is discussed, uh, the seasons do align. Um, you know, our NPC season starts uh, middle of uh, July and flows through to the end of October, and, and it, it aligns perfectly with Major League Rugby. Um, you know, New Zealand rugby stats we had 135 New Zealand registered New Zealand rugby players, coaches, trainers, administrators in the Major League Rugby. Um, which is, you know, when you look at the IP that that provides, it's it's a huge chunk of of New Zealand's uh, rugby IP. I've seen you with the Ranfurly Shield as a as a winner of that shield. This is a tough question in terms of I, I'm I'm really looking for you to educate me and and trying to be an objective about it. Is that a bigger deal than an MLR Shield currently? Um, look, Ranfurly Shield has 120 years of of history. So slightly. So slightly. And look, I grew up with my father winning the, winning the Ranfurly Shield for Auckland and, and losing the Ranfurly Shield for Auckland. And those things are, you know, they're cool moments that you don't get taken. You know, yeah. I guess you, you sort of look at it a bit like the Stanley Cup. I guess you'd say your name's on it, you know, without physically on it, your name's on it forever. Right. Um, and the Ranfurly Shield to the Hawks Bay public is everything. Um, it goes out to schools. You know, I took it home my neighbours had it at, at, at their barbecue for their for their, their daughter's graduation. Um, you know, we give it for people to take to funerals and to weddings, and so it, it was. It's a it's a really cool piece of of history that only, I guess, you know, very very limited trophies in the world actually have. All right, I want to change gears, and we're going to break for a quick commercial first, but. We've had a, a tragedy in American sports in the NFL. We had DeMar Hamlin go down in cardiac arrest, an, an extremely unfortunate situation. Have you ever come across something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, I, I've, as a school teacher, we, you know, you're exposed to, to, you know, 14, 1500 students. Uh, and, and I've had a, a student in a, in a cross country race, um, have a cardiac arrest, uh, congenital heart defect, which we were, you know, weren't aware of at the time, but it, you know, it's it's unfortunately with life that those those things, life and death, those things too happen. Um, and look, we're sadly with, with Leon, we were unable, you know, he was unable to come back. Um, I've had one in a, in a rugby game where uh, one of my students have had, had the same thing. Uh, unfortunately, those 
things do happen. We, we, you know, we hope that our sports provide uh, the safety so that, you know, again, concussion is a, is a, is a big danger and, and spinal injuries are a big danger in, in, in all of these contact sports. But look, this is just an extension of life, right? Sport yeah. and, and death is, <laughs> and death and, and, and illness is an extension again of that too. So I suppose he's lucky, right? Yeah. You know, I know of a rugby coach last year coaching in Kobe in Japan who who had a heart attack in his hotel room and no one was there and he died and that was that. Um, he's had a heart attack or a cardiac event with probably 10 or 15 incredible medical staff around him. Uh, got there like that. Yeah, yeah correct. And, and so hopefully, however many days, months, years, they can look back and go how lucky he was. We'll, we'll pick it up uh, on a higher note when we come back from this this quick word. We'll be right back been blind since I was four and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label none of that stuff influences me I drink beer because of the taste and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon it has the taste and the flavor what do you think's on the label I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire That's good beer. And we are back with Coach Josh Sims of Old Glory DC. Josh, I can't let you off the hook. I got to ask you right away. What does DC stand for? Uh. District of Columbia. Ah, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. ladies. He's not just a pretty face, folks. Hey, he knows uh, his stuff. Geography teacher. If I got that wrong, we're huge <laughs> trouble. <laughs> well, you know, you, 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 you haven't been here long. So, all right. <laughs> I got to go to one ugly moment in your past. And I just wanted to know, what was it that led to this? Was it, you? did you lose a bet? Or were you being, uh, was it a punishment for some crime? Because I see you on Instagram wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, that's interesting one. Uh, I guess when you're not American, you can fall in love with whatever sports teams you want to, right? Oh so, man, you don't uh, know what road you're going down with New England Free Jacks fans right now. Look, uh, again, I'll, I'll I you need I, to burn I, that thing on on camera. Got pl- I've got plenty of them. Um, <laughs> well, you know, that's not helping. I'm trying to help you here. Look, if, if you look at, uh, I guess, for me, the, the, the story of the curse was, was the baby. You know, yeah. you know, and if you're a sports, if you're a sports tragic, that, that sort of story is, is hard not to be compelled by. And, and uh, look, went to the Capitals the other night. Uh, I can say happy, happy to be a Caps fan now. Um, and I'm happy to I'm happy to be convinced by the Nats that, that they're the real deal too, right? At the moment, with Boston selling all their selling all their talent, uh, perhaps perhaps it's a good time to get off the Boston train. That's right. This is as good a time as any, specifically since you're going to be subject to Nats and Orioles fans in your area. All right, let's get back to you as a coach now. And and I know that you said on the rugby site in an interview that you're not a big fan of the c word, the culture word. Yeah. So how about a stamp instead? What is, what is the Josh Sims stamp on a team? Look, relationships, really. Um, you know, learning and growing and being a better player uh, is, is based around, you know, me believing in you and you believing in me. 
Um, and so I'm talking about trying to convince guys who are 22, 3, 4, 5, 6, some of them 30, uh, that they're not doing something right and they need to do it better. Um, and you can go about two ways of doing that. You can by blunt force and you can bash it into them and, and, until you know they're blue in the face and, and they, they just have to do it. Or you can convince them that you've got their best interests at, at heart. Uh, and that you want them to be better people and you want them to be better rugby players. Um, and so really for me, that's why culture's, I guess, the C word, right? Yeah. Culture's organic. If you have players and, and, and a team that believe truly that you've got their best interest at heart and they have each, each other's interest at heart, then those things do grow and, and the environment grows and it grows organically. So. Now, for me, relationships is at the heart of anything and, and surrounding that is skill. Um, and if we can build relationships, we can get better at our skill and, and our team gets better and our culture grows. So that's probably the stamp I'd want to put on this. And you also have the challenge of coming in here and having to not only learn how to about living in a, in a different country and a, and a different city, and you, as you say, making the transition from small town to big city, but you also have to learn about all your players. I mean, other than tape, you you don't know these guys yet, right? No, no. Look, and and, and that's isn't that the great thing? You know, like isn't that the great thing about any environment? And whether you're in business, uh, whether you're you know you're in sports or anything, the whole the whole purposes cannot find common ground with someone can they find common ground with me uh can we work together it doesn't have to be in, in a completely you know level respectful uh, space but can we find common ground to get better out of each other uh that's the great challenge um that's exciting you know and i can i can work with new zealanders in new zealand you know forever but do i understand the backgrounds of, of these players, these coaches, these managers, these owners, do I understand what they want? Can I, can I then provide that for them? Um, yeah, that, that, that's the exciting part of this job, I think. Well, it's still, we're still in, we're still in the city putty, uh, silly putty mode. We're in that, that where you can, you can really mold your own team at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. Yeah. We've just had, uh, you know, day one, we had a whole lot of, uh, you know, American national guys based in, in the States come in and get their gear and, and have their first introductions. And we're having guys getting off the plane, you know, today from, from South America and guys getting off the plane from Europe and New Zealand. And, and part of that is, you know, connecting with them and finding common ground and everyone's feeling each other out. And we've got, you know, the, the classic school dance with the boys on one side and the girls on the other. And, we're waiting to find partners and see who can dance together, which is yeah, that's that's the fun bit. Absolutely, and and uh, when you're when you're forming these relationships, you're, you're as a player. What position did you play? I was a hooker, poor uh, one, but a hooker. Mm, ah, so you you're you're odd enough in a way that you can talk to everybody as a hooker, right? Well, theoretically, <laughs> you're right. You know, we've got the most. You know, we we go from having to have those really fine skills to having to have those really gross skills. So. Yeah, I was fine. You know, yeah, hook is a pretty crucial position in any team, but yeah, I, I do like to think it's the most important. Are you able to speak to backs? Have you figured them out yet? <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to have to coach a bit of them this year. So yeah, probably we'll work, we'll work it out. As I said, uh, if, they're, if you're running, if they're running and we're lifting heavy, then we're okay. At halftime, if the team's not performing the way you want them to, do you go in and take apart the locker room or are you calmer or is, is it you'd never know? Yeah, calculated risk, right? Knowing your environment, <clears throat> knowing your timing, 
I've, I've always said you've got two bullets, right? <laughs> so in an 18-game season, you fire both those bullets in the first game. You, you know, the rest of it's just an empty chamber. Good luck. Yeah, yeah um, lip service. So, yeah, pretty much. So for me, you've you got to have purpose. Everything you say has to have purpose. Can't waste your words. Um, and with that in mind, sometimes don't have to say a lot. You can walk in and say nothing, and people know why. You know, people know what's going wrong. Um, we just got to find the answers. You know, half times half times a search for answers more than it is a, a search for motivation. Usually, good point. Good point. And finally, we mentioned some big names in your past. Is there a particular coach that you style yourself after, or are you taking pieces from different coaches? Um, Look, Hawks Bay is a magpies, right? Um, and I'm not sure your American audience know what a magpie is, but uh, magpie birds take shiny bits from everywhere and, and make their nest. So I'd like to think I'm I'm probably a good magpie, uh, taking the bits I need from from those and from others and from you know my father and my upbringing and, and trying to take my own style to that. And and I, I would say to the players too, same thing. You can't be anything but genuinely yourself. So you try and be someone else, you get found out. So I'd like to think probably bits from others, but probably my own style. Well, Coach, I can see why Dunleavy and Sheehy like you, and I welcome you on behalf of Major League Rugby and MLR Weekly to the United States of America. I appreciate you having me on and uh, happy to come back anytime. All right, on that note, we are out of time. Thank you, Coach Sims. Thank you, John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, our college rugby wrap-up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please, 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 please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.